That's right. Talking smack. That's a. That's the best. Is when you're someone's talking smack about you and you don't even know it. It's right. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn your Bibles to Second Timothy chapter two. The title of this message. We're obviously continuing our messy series. The title of this message is called Messy Words. Messy Words. All right. I'm going to pray and we're going to go get into God's word today. Father, we thank you for how awesome and amazing you are. And you're so wonderful and you're so faithful. And Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word, it's life giving, life changing. It is life. God, you breathed your word and gave, and gave it to us. Lord, your word transforms lives. Let it change our hearts in that we would lean in towards you today, God. In every facet of our life that we're growing deeper and closer to you, Papa. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Messy words. I mean, we had all kinds of messy stuff, like messy life. And, and uh, last week, Pastor Joy talked about messy offenses. And, um, and we're going into messy words. So we are in a very unique time in that. We are in a social media age where everyone has the opportunity to be able to share their input, whether negative or positive, on every social media platform available to us now. So we used to have this thing that was called, back in the day, they would call it um, a sideline coach. Have you ever heard that before? Or a couch coach, you know, where maybe, you know, maybe somebody is telling the TV how to, you know, run their football team better because they know better, but they're not there. And so how many people now, you know, are seeing others and what they're doing and they just, they're going to try to tell them how to do it better or tell them how they're doing. So, I mean, we live in a very messy culture, especially when it comes to self-esteem. I mean, if you want to have a low self-esteem, just put pictures of yourself on social media and let other people uh, tell you about you. I mean, that, I mean, you can, you can have a very low self-esteem very quickly. Uh, so, so now they have this thing now within the last, what, I don't know, uh, since Snapchat now, it's called filters. Have you ever heard of that? And what, a, you know, and so people can actually change their appearance, you know, and make them look better, make them look worse. They can look like Shrek. They can look like, you know, I mean, they can look like a cartoon character or an anime character. And, you know, and obviously some are done in good fun, but others are like, they put on this mask to make you feel think this is how they really look. And it's so funny when you see like some of those uh, maybe little short clips where somebody will have a, a filter on and this is like, like, this is my whatever. And then they take off and they're like, this is how I really look. And you're like, wow, you know, like you would never have known that there's technology that can completely transform how somebody looks. And so, so filters are good. We need filters, right? How many of us know having, you need a good filter? Say, yes, I need a filter. Yes, we need a filter. So 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23, and we're going to get into the filters in just a minute. It says this, and this is, where, this is where I've seen this happen over and over in my lifetime on Facebook and not so much as Instagram, more Facebook uh, or YouTube a lot, is you have these people, they're getting into long and petty First, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23, arguments. It says, don't have anything to do with foolish or stupid arguments. Say stupid arguments. Because, they, because you know they produce quarrels. Have you ever seen somebody say something stupid on social media and you have this urge to correct them? Right? Like, like I have to tell them. Well, if you, if you bite that, that bait, you're going to find yourself in a social media clash duel with this person and that can go on for days because because for some reason like like it can become this combat zone where people are just going to they're not going to change their their thoughts but they want to change your thoughts and then you're on there and you're like you're 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 wrong so I'm going to change your thoughts and they're not going to change and they're trying to change you and then you have pages full of arguments 
And the scripture says, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. Sometimes we can fall into those traps, right? And you're trying, and maybe you do it out of good, you know, out of a good heart. You're like, we just need to correct them because they're wrong. Not knowing that they don't want to be corrected. They don't want to tell you how you're wrong. It says they produce quarrels. So, so we need a filter, right? Say filter. We need filters in our life. That's why we're talking about messy words. We need a filtration system. How many of us know filtra filtration systems are amazing? If you drove here in your car today, go ahead and go to the next slide for me. You have a oil filter. Does anybody know what an oil filter does? It filters oil. <laughs> Woo! Amazing. That's fantastic. I mean, brilliant. <laughs> Didn't even have to Google it. Now, next to the oil filter is what's called a water filtration system. Now, because this building is on what's called well water. See, I lived in the city all my life. I didn't know nothing about that. We, we probably needed more filters than our city water. But that's a water filtration system. So there's a filter for water. like, And I don't know if you remember. How many of us were in here when we first moved into this building? And you had that rotten egg smell? People would walk into the bathroom and I'm like, oh, I don't have to go anymore. Like, <laughs> and so, you know, through the collective work of, of people who love Jesus and hate bad smells, we have, you know, done a good job of, of getting rid of that. I know they did some filter stuff. We have like air fresheners everywhere. And so, but a lot of it had to do with the water that we're, being, that we're using. So we needed a good water filtration system. Go to the next slide here. I absolutely love, I don't know about you, but there's like something so satisfying with taking the lint out of the dryer. Yeah. Like who, who in here is with me? Like I don't know why it's like the most simple little, like dumb little thing. But when you pull that, I don't know, there's just something so satisfying with like, so lint dryer. I love that. So it's got a filter, right? I love that. It's just like, I don't know why it's just like, yes, like. You know, and, and we have like a little garbage can on the side, so sometimes we'll kind of shoot it and, you know, so anyways. And then next to the, obviously the dryer filter uh, on the next side, well, go, go back just one, I know, get there, I know, see, so you're already jumping the gun. And then that, that, the next thing next to it is a furnace filter. And, it, and if you've never seen one of those, then you probably are in trouble because you're supposed to change those about every three months in your house. So what then that, what, obviously what that does is that filters the air that's circulating into your house. So filters are good. We need filters, right? Say, I need filters in my life. Okay. And then obviously the best filter of them all, go ahead and go to that, is obviously the king of all filters, the coffee filter, right? I mean, I already knew, that's why I had to put this on its own separate slide. I already knew everyone was going to like stand up and clap and like call us blessed. Like, yes, coffee filters. Like, yes, mm, like, like there's about to be a movement that's going to happen. Like, man, Josh preached this message and talked about filters. It was coffee and beautiful. Yes. Mwah. Like, just. <laughs> so hopefully you got your coffee this morning. Maybe you'll get some afterwards, but we need filters. We all need filters in our life, especially what we will need is a filter for the words that come out of our mouth, right? And uh, the cool thing about what filters do is they catch the things that are bad and they f allow to flow the things that are needed. So, so for demonstration purposes, we, you know, since we're talking about coffee, we got some nice little coffee here and we got a beautiful little filter here, a few of them. We'll see how messy this gets. How does that sound? And uh, so, so how many of you guys made coffee in your coffee pot this morning? So you're very accustomed to the coffee filter, right? So obviously you, you know this very, you know, this is this very beautiful exchange here where you put coffee grounds into your filter. Now, have you ever, have you ever had a cup of coffee where you had coffee grinds at the bottom of your coffee? Do you, usually you leave that last sip, right? If you see that down there, you're like, nope, I'm done. I'm not finishing that last sip. Why? Because right, the, the coffee grounds, they're grainy, they're nasty. I mean, I know that there's some people, they'll literally eat coffee. I mean, that's on a whole nother level, right? Uh, so 
but, but it wasn't designed for that, right? I mean, I mean it was, coffee was designed to be filtered so that the coffee grounds, which you're not supposed to eat, would stay where they need to stay. And then you put the good stuff, the water through it. We'll see how this works. So that you get out of it what you want to get out of it. Look at that. So it's going to obviously come out watery because it's not hot. But you see what happens here is we're pouring water in the filter. And, and we have the, the nat. I mean, this obviously isn't real coffee, obviously, because it's like really, really. But, but what comes out is what we want. And it keeps all the things that we don't want where it needs to be, right? I mean, I mean obviously, it's so simple. We all know all of that. So we all need filters. So here, we're going go to we're gonna go to here. We're going to go to James chapter. Oh, thank you. We're going to go to James chapter 3. We're going to go. We're going to read verse 2 through 10 because James talks about this thing called the tongue and how this tongue can get us in a lot of trouble. We can get in a lot of trouble with our tongue. All right. It's going to be there on the screens. Verse 1 or verse 2 of James chapter 3. It says, we all stumble in many ways. Amen. <laughs> Go ahead. Just say, yes, we do. We, all, we make mistakes in various, various forms. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. What? <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Able to keep their whole body in check. Verse 3. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take a ship as a, an example. Although they are so, oops, I jumped the gun. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder where the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body. But it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. Or the tongue also is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. Sets the whole course of one's life on fire and itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed. And have been tamed by mankind. But, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise the Lord and Father. And with it, we curse human beings. We've been made in, the, in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Is our tongue venomous and deadly poison? Who can tame it? It says, it says no human being can actually tame this little thing inside your mouth that has great boasts, which, which causes a lot of trouble. But like the very first uh, verse says, or it's the second verse in chapter three, it says anyone who is able to as, uh, keep fault in uh, not keep, or let me just read it. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. So if you can go a whole day <laughs> without saying anything stupid, that's a perfect day. <laughs> you have one out of 365. Yes. But for the most part, I mean, we have all these different things that happen. I mean, we get hungry, we get tired, we get cranky, we get lonely, we get sleepy, we get fussy. You know, we, we have uh, mantrums, we have all kinds of things, you know, we don't get our way, we're selfish, uh, we get cut off in traffic. I mean, there's all of these things that, that attribute to us saying or doing things that obviously is good. So, we need a filter, right? Like, just like, like, just like we talked about, uh, like with coffee and with oil filters and with all these things, we need a filter that is going to be a part of our lips because our words hold weight and they are powerful. Say words are powerful. Words are very powerful. It says in Proverbs chapter 10, uh, 18 verse 21, 
it says, the tongue has the power. Like He-Man. Hmm. The power of life and death. Those who love it will eat of its fruit. Think of this. Let's just, let's just build a case scenario here. And let's, say, let's just say we have two different individuals who are born on the same day. Let's say one is born... Uh, they're both, let's say, they're, let's just say they're both born in the city of Toledo. They're both born in South Toledo. Let's just say that. One has, and let's just, let's just even do this. Let's say, let's say they're single parent homes. One has a parent that has nothing but negative affirmation for their child. Like negative talk all the time. Like just, you know, you're worthless. You know, you're a loser. You look like your father. He was no good. You're going to be no good. Let's just say, let's just say, okay, so you have one. So, so they're raised, you know, as a, with a parent that's just constantly bombarding and degrading them, uh, you know, on, 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 a, on a pretty vicious level, you know, we're, like verbal abuse. Let's say that. And let's say we have, let's say we have another parent on the exact same plane, same playing field. Let's say same income level. Let's say same, same situation, you know, single parent home. But, but, but this parent is speaking positively over their child. You know, I love you. You can be successful. You can do something with your life. I mean, what do you think the outlook of life is going to look for the one child that's being fed positive affirmation to the one that's actually receiving verbal abuse? What do you think is going to happen? Right? I mean, I mean, I mean, statistics will tell you that the one that has a, 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 a background of, of, of this type of nature is most, uh, more likely to be incarcerated, more likely to uh, be a criminal, more likely of causing destruction because they're being fed all of this venom and poison. Not that the person that, not that, you know, anyone can do anything. But the, but the likelihood, because of the words that are being spoken over that person that they've received, that they're not worth anything. The likelihood of their success in life is a lot different than, than the one that, that is being loved on and cared for. And, 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 and the words of life are being spoken over them. Why? Because of Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. The tongue has the power of life and death. So the, so, the, so the parent that's speaking death over their child has a less likelihood of success than the one that's being spoken life over. Spoken? Is that a word? Right? Maybe? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I say words and I'm like, wait, is that right? <laughs> and it says, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. And so we as followers of Christ and just as, as human beings in general, we need a filter. We need a filtration system on our mouth. We need a filter on our tongue. James chapter 1 verse 26 says, those who consider themselves religious. Anybody here consider themselves religious? I'm not religious. I have a relationship with God. Yeah, you know, I know we get on our little tangents, right? But everybody in the, on the, across the face of the world would call you religious, right? Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue deceives themselves. Ooh. And then you got that nice little jab there like, mm, right? Like. Catch, like the word of God is saying, catch these hands. And their religion is worthless. Ooh, ouch. The word of God preaches itself, right? I mean, it really does. It says if we don't keep a tight rein on the things that come out of our mouth, that, that our belief system, our religion, our, our faith is worthless. That's why it's so imperative for us to have a tight rein on our tongue, we need a filtration system on our mouth. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. You guys still with me? I love, I love the NLT. Listen to this. This is great. It says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> oh, straightforward. Aren't you like... Are you one of those people who are like, just shoot straight with me, right? Anybody here like that? Like, that's how I mean. Like, like, don't beat around the bush. Don't, like, try to, like, you know, try to take soft. Like, just tell me. Tell me the facts. Let's get it on. Let's do it. That's how the NLT is doing right here. Be sensible. Keep your mouth shut. Like, just, just, it's just straightforward. Problem is, is we miss that part about being sensible. 
And then we don't keep our mouth shut. Too much talk leads to sin. Have you ever found yourself doing that where it's like, if you would just close your mouth, you would stop all kinds of, all kinds of negative stuff happening. Have you ever heard this term that your mouth is writing checks that <laughs> that's right. You can't cash or your body can't cash or your whatever. I think all of us in some point in our life have done that. We've said things, but then we've just too much talk got us in a lot, a lot of trouble. So there's some things that we need to understand. And this is, this is what happens in our culture. We're talking about how, uh, you know, we live in a culture that, that is very um, expressive in their views and their beliefs and their opinions. Um, but through that, what happens is, is we can find ourselves actually slandering someone if you're talking negative about them, especially on social media and you don't know them. Uh, gossip and slander does this thing. Friends, if we find ourselves giving into gossip and slander, what that sin actually does, it actually destroys trust in our life. If you, find, if you are a person who is known to gossip, people don't trust you. They're not going to trust you with information. I mean, personally, I think of this. I know people who have a, who have a, 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 a fast tongue. If you give them your information, your personal information, other people are going to know. So then what that does is if you find yourself using your words to gossip or slander, you're going to find yourself being a person that can't be trusted. And who in here wants to be trustworthy? I want to be trustworthy, right? I want people to trust me. I don't want somebody to say, I can't, I can't give this information to Josh because he's going to talk about me behind my back if I give him this information. So gossip and slander, actually what it does is it destroys trust. What it reminds me of, it reminds me of when I first, um, when I first planted our first campus back in 2006, right? Something like that. And our, our, our South School campus. And uh, for me, I was 26. And so I'm young. And so I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I surrounded myself with people that I believed were older men of God who could help walk a young man, you know, through some leadership stuff and walk with him through you know, the, the journey of, of, you know, doing this thing. And I remember I was sitting in a, in a, uh, sitting in a, in a restaurant with, with two men, uh, that were part of our, um, what they call is they call it launch team, two men that were part of our launch team. And, uh, and so I just said, you know what, I, I trust these men. I know, I know these are men of God. I know they, you know, they're, they're part of our launch team. You know, I know they've, they've been serving the Lord for however long, longer than I have. And so I was just vulnerable. And so we sat in the restaurant. I just shared some of my struggles. I'll share with you what. So like some of my struggles were like, like I was like, I don't feel like I'm worthy. I don't feel like I'm like worthy enough to, to lead this and to do this. And I'm, and I'm just being very vulnerable with these, with these, two, these two men. Uh, come to find out a few months later that these two men were talking bad about me behind my back to others because I was being vulnerable. And, uh, and actually started some slander saying, you know, that this is what they said. This is the words of one of the guys. South Toledo deserves better. <laughs> Later did I learn from, uh, from, uh, from another mentor that, uh, be careful who you're naked around, <laughs> you know, obviously, you know, I'm 26. I'm like, I trust these guys. They're part of our launch team. You know, they're old men of God. And, uh, and so we got to be careful, right? Um, so how many of us have ever been burned by sharing information with somebody thinking that they were a trustworthy source only to have it thrown in your face later? Man, that's the worst, right? So gossip and slander destroys trust. Next on our list here. Oh, cursing and coarse talk destroys character. I mean, think about this. I mean, I, you know, I'm a pastor. What if you were, what if you were to run into me in Walmart and I was absolutely going off and destroying a, a cashier and cussing her out. You would say, that guy's fake, right? That would be like the first thing you would say, right? Like, this guy is, he is fake. Is that Pastor Josh? No way. Listen to what's coming out of his mouth. And then you know what you'd do? You would go tell people. You know you would. You would tell people, I know you would. 
you would. I would tell people. <laughs> I'd, I'd go and be like, oh my gosh, wife, do you know what I just heard? It was crazy. And then what happens? My character gets destroyed, right? So if I allow my tongue to curse and coarse joke and act out of, out of character of what Christ would have me to be, it would actually destroy my character, wouldn't it? It would destroy your character. You know, and, and so in the, in the same context, we, this is why we need a filter. And I remember I had a really bad, I had a really bad uh, sailor's mouth, even though I never was in the army or Navy or any of that stuff. And when I first committed my life to Christ, it was like every word was the F word. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's just, a, it is what it is. And, uh, and <laughs> I remember when I first committed my life to Christ and, and there was this guy who was in, uh, I was working at FedEx and, and we were unloading boxes together and he was a, he was a Christian and he was loving Jesus. And, and if you know anything about working at like FedEx or UPS or anything like that, there's these walls you build. Anybody here ever work in a place where you're in the back of a trailer and you're building walls with, with, with boxes? Anybody ever do that? Good for you. I mean, there's one person, but good for you. You've never experienced that. Because sometimes when you have a truck and because of, you know, movement, they build these walls. And so you do your best to build them to stay steady, but sometimes they shift. And so when you're unloading these boxes, you can have boxes fall on your head. And so you're supposed to put the heavy boxes down low and the light ones up top. Sometimes people don't do that. Sometimes the heavy ones they put up top. So when they fall, and bust in the head. So I was in this trailer unloading this thing with this guy, and we're, you know, talking about God and all this other stuff, and that, lo and behold, wall comes down, boom, blasts me in the back of my head, and I'm like, M -M, and I'm like kicking boxes, and I'm throwing a little, little mantrum, and, you know, like I said, I was, you know, and uh, after I had my little, my little temper tantrum, and got back to business or whatever, the, incredible, this brother in the Lord, who, uh, you know, I, I hope he's doing well, and it's been like 20 plus years, he said, you know what, Josh? He's like, it's amazing to me that one minute you and I are talking about God, and then all of a sudden you're cussing up a storm when <laughs> you get hit in the head of the box. And this is what he said. He said, he, he said that, that scripture that I just shared. He said, out of the mouth comes both blessing and curse. My brothers, it should not be. And that moment was a defining moment in my life that said, I need to start filtering what comes out of my mouth. And... That's when I started choosing to change my vernacular and get rid of all of that stuff. But it destroys our character, right? I mean, it just, it is what it is. You guys see with me? We got one more here. Um, so gossip and slander destroys trust, cursing, and of course, talk destroys character, while complaining and whining destroys faith. I used to say to my kids when they were real little, are you whining or are you shining? You remember that, Jordan? Remember when we used to say that to you? Like, are you whining or are you shining? You know? Because nobody likes, I mean, I mean, who, who in here likes a, a complainer? I mean, you, I mean, it just, it thrills you. You wake up in the morning, take a deep breath and say, I can't wait to be around a bunch of complainers today. I mean, <laughs> it's just like no one in their right mind wants to be around somebody who's complaining. Well, check this out. In Scripture, we actually see what happens when complaining is allowed. What it actually does is it destroys faith. We see in, in like the book of Exodus when all of the Israelites are led out of Egypt and God miraculously, I mean, miraculously sets them free. I mean, we, we've seen Charlton Heston, you know, in his glory with the Ten Commandments and them getting out of Egypt. I mean, we've seen the, the, the movies. And so they're, so, so they're celebrating this great victory of being led out into the desert. And then all of a sudden they start complaining, right? Isn't that what they do? They start whining. And then what that did, it diminished their faith because then they're like, we're going to die out here in the desert. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, like, did we not just see the miraculous power of God? <laughs> Did we not just see this? Can, can he take care of us? Absolutely, he can and he will. But what happens is this complaining and whining started to diminish faith, where now they're saying, let us go back to Egypt where we had mel melons and onions and leeches and all these other stuff. I don't care. There's not an onion in the world worth going back to slavery for. Right? 
There's not a melon worth you going back into chains. But what happens is complaining, it diminished their faith. And then they begin to think that God's hand was too small. Oh, he can do all these miraculous things, but now we're in the desert. Now he's changed his mind. No. Complaining. So if you find yourself in a position, even in your life, where, where, where you're complaining about your situation, it will actually diminish faith in your life. Hasn't our God been faithful, right? When has our God ever let you down? Right? When has he ever left you? <laughs> right? But if we start thinking, you know, uh, man, uh, this, that, and the other, it can really diminish our faith. And then nobody wants to be around you. <laughs> right? Who wants to be around complainers? And the thing, the, 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 the sad thing is, is that if you are a complainer, the people around you know that. They know it. You wonder why they're not calling you all the time. Because you're exhausting. <laughs> can I shoot straight? Can I, can I be real? Right? And we all, we, all have our, we all have our times. I mean, we all complain, right? I mean, we all, if you're a parent in here, you complain. I mean, there's just nothing, there's, you know. I mean, if you, know, if, if you had to use the bathroom really bad and you went into the bathroom and nobody put the toilet paper back on the toilet paper roll, you probably complained about that, right? I mean, especially if you had to get up to go get another roll, right? I mean, I mean, there's times that we just have those things, right? But this whole, this whole thing we're talking about, we're talking about having a filter and le letting, <laughs> having God actually filter our words so that maybe we can kind of diminish the complaints to smaller bites, right? Matthew chapter 12 says this, and this is what's, it's pretty eye-opening and pretty scary. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 and 37 says, But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word. Oh, man, I've, Josh has had a lot of those. For every empty word they've spoken. Verse 37, For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Ooh, I mean, it just got really quiet in here, didn't it? Because it's, that's a sobering thought. We stand before the Lord that he's going to, we're going to give account for what we say. Say, I need a filter. <laughs> I need a filter. Those empty words, those careless words, is what another translation will say for every careless word. You just, just said it. Just put it out there. Like it didn't even have a chance to register in your brain. It went straight out your mouth. We're going to give an account. Sobering. Say sobering. 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 For by our words we'll be acquitted. By your words will be condemned. Ooh. So what are we going to do? Number one, we're going to pray for God to filter our words. Lord, I need a filter. I mean, just, I mean, help me, right? I mean, I think it should be a part of our devotion to the Lord that as we're surrendering ourselves to him and as we're giving ourselves to him, that, that hopefully on a daily basis or on a consistent basis, we're saying, Lord, I surrender. I surrender what I say. I surrender what I do. I'm, I'm, I'm yielding myself. I, one of my prayers is, is the, the prayer that John, the, or the thing that John the Baptist said at the, towards the end of his ministry. He said, he must increase that I must decrease, right? That's something I pray over myself. So hopefully my decreasing is actually the words that are coming out of my mouth are, are, are being more filtered, so that I'm not saying stupid, dumb stuff and then going to have to eat crow because of my mouth. Right? I mean, it's crow's nasty. I, I'm, I have too much pride to like have to like humble myself to like, like apologize because I screwed up because I got too much pride. Right? <laughs> See, it's like, a, it's like a cycle. We need to pray for God that, that he would actually filter our words. Right? And this is what's so cool. He wants to help us. Do you know God wants to help you? Yeah, he does. He wants to help us. John chapter 14, verse 26, it says, but the helper, the helper, yeah, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. The helper. So we actually can ask for the Holy Spirit to help us with our messy words. Because words can cause a hot mess. I mean, think of this. Think of how many stupid arguments you've got in 
with your spouse over something dumb. I mean, I think of, I mean, just dumb things. And then, like, after, like, 15 minutes of arguing, you go back and be like, why did we even start this fight? This was so stupid. But if I would have had the helper right away that could help, you know, hopefully after 20 years of marriage, you get better, you hope, that you can immediately say, okay, no, this isn't worth fighting over. That's funny. We were, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to do it. We were, uh, we were out to dinner with some, some good friends of ours, and we were just talking, my wife and I, t- to them or whatever, and we were just talking about, like, arguing and all this other stuff, and <laughs> Joy was like, she's like, yeah, she's like, I usually, I'm usually more mad at my kids now than I am at my husband. I'm like, pet, <laughs> let's go. Yes. Mm. I'm on the same page. I'll be mad with you. Let's go. <laughs> the helper. I need the helper, right? The Holy Spirit. So, Lord, help me. Help me. And then there's, there's this part right here, number two. So, number one, pray. Say Pray. We got to pray just to make it today, right? Pray for the Lord to help you speak words that are edifying and uplifting and building that are life and that are that that words, that same tongue that can spew venom and poison and death. And then number two, this is the part that you should probably practice for the rest of your life. If you stop doing number two, then what's going to come out of your mouth is poo. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, I, <laughs> bars. bars. Think before you speak. This is, the, this is so challenging, though, because words are so fast. I mean, especially if you're quick-witted and you know right what to say and somebody says something to you and you got that word that's just going to get them right back. And it's right there. It's going to come out most likely. I can thank God for about the, the, the 10 times in my life that the Lord has stopped me from saying what I wanted to say. Hopefully more than 10 times. I'm just being sarcastic. That, 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 that pause, that moment when my words could have caused death and destruction and, caught, and made the situation worse, where I just said, nope. <laughs> But it's like going against every fiber in your body because you want to say it. <laughs> right? I mean, think about this. I mean, I mean, who in, who in their mind, it was so easy for them to think before they speak? Raise your hand if you're in this place. Okay, because we're going to start a training course. You're going to be the teacher. We're all the students. Because this should be something that for the rest of our life that we are constantly trying to to do in our life, that we actually take that moment of pause before we let destructive words come out of our mouth. And it's not easy. Right? And the Lord knew it wasn't going to be easy. And that's why he gave us his verse. James chapter 1, verse 19. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Write this down. Right? I love it. They're actually taking notes. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to speak. No, <laughs> quick to listen. Quick to listen, slow to speak. When we're quick to speak, we'll find ourselves eating crow, <laughs> in trouble, backpedaling. If you find your, if you, if, if your life consists of you being quick to speak, I can guarantee you, you've damaged lots of relationships over the course of your life. Everybody, this scripture should be memorized. And then the verse that's behind it, which obviously isn't, I didn't put on there. It says for, for man's anger does not produce the righteous life that God desires. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. We got two ears. I got some big ones right here. Quick to listen. Why does it say quick to listen? Because sometimes if we're quick to speak when somebody's speaking, we don't give them the time to actually explain what they're trying to say. (laughs) And maybe we're just jumping the gum and jumping conclusions and we're going to just combat them right now when they're trying to explain themselves and we just allow them to actually put out all the words. Because sometimes, sometimes somebody will say something to you and it's out of frustration. But then when they get to the point where they actually want to tell you what actually is going on in their life, but they had to get through their frustrational part first. 
Anybody here a verbal processor? If you are a verbal processor, this is your lot in life. <laughs> because for you, what's going to come out is you're going to immediately, you're going to start telling you whatever, your frustration, what's going on, what you're thinking. And then you're going to get to the point where now actual, you know, uh, wisdom and logic and, 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 and intention is, is coming to fruition at the end of what you're saying. But it took you a while to get to that place, right? My wife is a verbal processor. I've learned in 20 plus years of, of marriage, if we're walking and she is, is sharing some stuff, it's, it's going to be a sight. She's going to start at this place and she's going to go all around here. And then she's going to go like, oh, this here. And then she's going to get to this point where, where she actually is, is going to get to what she knows she should do. But it took all of this and getting all around here and to, to, for her to get to that point. And as a husband, I want to fix everything. If I just inserted myself while she's trying to work through her, then it's going to cause problems. 20 years of marriage, I've learned, I'm going to just keep my mouth quiet. She doesn't want me to tell her how to fix herself. She wants me to listen. So I got to take note to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Think before you speak. Don't just hit fire your words. Oh, gosh. Bang, bang. Man, hip fire. As soon as they come out, you'll be in trouble. That space, that space can save you. That small space can save relationships. That small space can save your character. That small sp space can save, save your life. Right? Because we're going to be judged and acquitted. Think before you speak. I'm not saying that's easy. It's going to be our challenge all day. Every day. Till you breathe your last breath. So number one, we need to pray for God to help filter our words. Ask the Holy Spirit to be our helper because he wants to help us. He wants to be with us. Number two, we need to think before we speak. Friends, don't just hit fire. Say what comes right to your mouth. If we can just for a moment give that space between what comes into our brain and what comes out of our mouth, we will find ourselves in a, in a lot better situation. And then number three, we need to make a conscious daily decision not to speak negative words. It isn't going to happen naturally. Like you don't just wake up one day and be like, I'm going to talk positive now. It's a, it's a conscious effort of saying, I'm going to watch what comes out of my mouth. I'm going to make a conscious daily decision to not speak negative words. And so you make a conscious decision not to complain. You make a conscious decision not to slander. You make a conscious decision not to gossip. You make a conscious decision not to stir up strife. Ooh. You make a conscious decision not to be jealous or manipulate or argue or cuss or, or slander. And I said all of those. Making a conscious decision with our mouth. So we pray and we ask God to be our helper. Two, we try to do our best to think before it comes out of our mouth and then Finally, we make a conscious daily decision to say, man, I don't want my words to cause a hot mess, right? Ephesians chapter five, we're coming to the end here, guys. A few more verses. Ephesians chapter five, verse four through five says this. It says, obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. Ooh. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. So he's saying all of these things, these don't belong to us. Slander, gossip, strife, arguing, coarse talk, foolish talk, all of these things that they don't belong to us. They're not of us. Instead, let our words be of thankfulness. And so, have you ever been in a situation that was a terrible situation? And instead of complaining about it, have you ever tried to do something on the opposite and, and be thankful in the middle of a terrible situation? Have you ever, have you ever done that? What, usually what, so in, if you ever have that moment, it's because you make a conscious decision to say this terrible situation, I'm going to thank God through this. You make a conscious decision to be Thankful, verse 4. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. So, you know, when you, I mean, I, mean, I can just think, I can just think of, of every, uh, you know, terrible situation I've been in. And 
I'm not saying that I've, I've uh, you know, got gold stars and 100% on all of them. But, but what I do try to do is I do try to thank God through that situation. Think of this. The scripture said that Job, who was a man after God, the scripture says that he was upright and blameless. He feared God and shunned evil. What a reputation. Upright, blameless, feared God, shun evil. The enemy came after him and he lost all of his kids, all of his stuff, all of his health, left his wife. Um, and the scripture says that he did not sin by cursing God or by causing God and wrongdoing. He actually said, naked did I come, naked will I go. And he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. And so that attitude, you know, going back through all the way to the very end of the book and where God restored and gave him sevenfold and all this other stuff and this, that, and the other because of his attitude. Attitude is everything. The way that we perceive things. And so the, the reason why you have King David and King Saul, the difference between, and one, one, you know, King Saul, all he did was uh, sacrifice and, and create a monument to himself. King David killed men and committed adultery. Which one's worse? King Saul, right, his attitude was about being looking good in front of others. King David's attitude was, man, I sinned. Lord, forgive me. Have mercy on me. It was all about the attitude. And in the same context, friends, the way our attitude is will make a difference. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying when, when, when we're going through a difficult situation in our life, and when the, the first thing that we want to do is complain about it or mope or, or grind or complain, if you can just take a moment, that space, before you want to complain about everything that's going on and say, God, I thank you. Thankfulness. It's making a conscious decision daily to not speak negatively. And, and how do you think our God will reward us when we have a right attitude when going through situations? I think he wants to. I think he wants to reward us when we go through difficulty and we don't blame him or blame our you know, spouse or blame the government or whatever we like to cast blame on. Um, when we're going through difficulty, but we actually are thankful. And again, I'm not saying that this is easy. This takes training, friends. Say so it takes training. It is. It takes training. It takes training to actually say the right things when we're going through difficulty. Last verse here. We're, we're closing up here. And this is one of my favorite verses of all time. Please write this down. Please try to memorize this. You know, take this verse to heart. Let this be a life verse for you. Because this, because the word of God it penetrates, right? It, it divides soul and spirit, joint merit, discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This is, this is one of my prayers. And I hope that this would be one of your prayers as well. It's Psalm 19, verse 14 in the New Living Translation. It says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, right? That's my thoughts. Be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Because that's, that's our ultimate goal. Our ultimate goal isn't to look good on social media. Our ultimate goal isn't to, you know, to, to look good to our friends and family. Our ultimate goal is to please God with our lives. And a lot of that is done by what comes out of our mouth. You guys good? You ready to pray? You ready to ask the Lord for some help? Yes, let's do it. Let's pray. We serve a good God. We serve a good king. We serve a good God. And he's, there's no condemnation in Christ. I love that. Conviction. You need that. It's when you have that feeling inside when you make a mistake. But there's no condemnation where you get beat down because of, of our faults. So, Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's just take a moment right where you're sitting. Make an altar before the Lord. Place yourself in that place. Put yourself on the altar <laughs> as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him. And give him your heart. Give him your actions. Give him the attitudes of your heart. Give him the words that come out of your mouth. 
Lord, as we've been learning about messy and how often we can make a mess out of the words that come out of our mouth, Lord. I pray that today is just one more day of taking one more step of getting closer to you, Father. In that we choose today to make a covenant with you, our Heavenly Father, and say, God, I'm surrendering myself again. I'm surrendering my words, surrendering my tongue. I'm praying for you to be my filter. Holy Spirit, I need a helper that you would help filter my words. God, I'm going to make a conscious decision daily to do my best and not use my words to tear down and destroy, but to uplift and encourage. And I want to do that, God, with my spouse, my kids. I want to do that with my coworkers. I want to do that with every person that's surrounding me. And I can only do that with your strength and with the grace, with your grace, God. So I surrender again. And if you've said words that have hurt people this week, just repent right where you're sitting. Just say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for using my words to hurt people this week. And God, I turn from that. I turn from, from, from that way. And God, I want to uplift. And I pray you give me the courage if I need to make a phone call and say, I'm sorry. Give me the courage to make that right. In Jesus' mighty name. God, would you wash us? I just want to pray one more thing. God, would you wash us clean? God, just, just wash us of guilt. Wash us of shame. God, remove pain that we've received from others through hurtful words and remove the pain that we've, maybe we've spoke over others. In the name of Jesus. As we're growing, as we're maturing, as we're taking more steps to become more like you, God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. I got a blessing for you if you're ready for it. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you. I love that. May the Lord be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face towards you. And may he give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Friends, God bless you. Thanks for joining with us today.